Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Philippians 1. Hallelujah. And in verse 6, I just was just suddenly struck with this this afternoon, and, and I knew I had ministered on it some years ago, so I went searching for my notes, and so I printed them back out again, and then if you could see this right here, it's like a, like a you know, addition. I'm hoping that I'll uh, manage to get through all this with it and see all the things I added to it. But anyway, Philippians 1 verse 6, I want you to know, because I, I just, it was a sudden thing today, I honestly believe that this is definitely for some people tonight that who need to hear this. I mean, you know, anytime you get up to minister, you're, you want to make sure that you're doing exactly what the Spirit of God wants to do. But there are times when you just suddenly just, it's just like it just drops down on the inside of you. And so you know it's, it's really, really specific for somebody. Maybe a lot of somebody's probably. But anyway... Philippians 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform or complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The amplified version of that says, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return. Developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. The Taylor translation says, We'll keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus returns. Is that not awesome? Paul says, I am confident. I am sure, I am persuaded of this thing, that he who began a good work in you is more than able to complete it. You know, there, lots of people start lots of things, but the, the, you know, the starting has no bearing if there's no finishing. And, and God here, what he began in you, he is determined to complete. He's not a slacker when it comes to those kind of things. When he starts something, he, his intention, his aim, his goal, his desire, and his absolute determination is to see it come to a finished work. I mean, when you stop and you look at what he did in the plan of salvation, Jesus was already in the picture as soon as man sinned. Now, look how long it took. And yet he completed that work. Went, went all down through the years when the children of Israel, the, the children of Abraham, the seed of Abraham kept messing up. God still was determined to make sure that he had a completed work. And when the children of Israel turned and served other idols and they did things wrong and they wound up in captivity and all these different things and they, you know, it just became a, a religion, became a form instead of something that was actually a vital part of their being. God still was at work. He was still determined. He would bring this to completion and he did now thankfully with the help of Jesus because Jesus had something apart to play in this 
you know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I mean, he just kept saying, Lord, Father, you know, if it's possible, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. That clearly shows me, and, I've, and I, I know this in every area of life, that God has a plan, but you and I have a part to play on whether that plan comes to pass or not. God's got a work that he wants to complete in you. He can't complete it without your cooperation. You know, we, we've talked over the years about the rights and responsibilities of being a believer. We have certain rights as believers you know, what Jesus did for us on the cross, what God has provided for us, there are things that absolutely, 100%, unequivocally belong to us. Healing belongs to us. God is not using healing to try to teach us anything. He's, he's, what he's using is, is healing to teach the devil a lesson. But he's not using sickness in any form or fashion to teach us anything. He provided something for us that absolutely belongs to us without question. All we have to do is believe it, receive it, and walk in it. And so we have that right. But we have a responsibility at the same time to put the word on the inside of us. We have a responsibility to see that we get steeped in the fact that his word says we are healed. You know... It, it, it's amazing to me, you know, that people sometimes, you know, try to believe God and they got no word in them. You're trying to believe God for something that you have not founded yourself, uh, made yourself a good foundation of. Wally Redwine, you know, years ago was with somebody, who, I mean, he, he fed on healing scriptures all the time. And when the day came that he was not able to cognitively recite verses or, or quote the word or do anything to help himself. He was beyond <clears throat> any ability physically to help himself at that point. The word that he had planned on the inside of him brought him out of the situation he was in. Miraculously. I mean, there was no other, there was no explanation for it. But it mattered how he fe- had fed himself <clears throat> going into that situation. And you know what? That's, that's where healing lies. That's where every promise of God lies. You know, we, for you to, ex- to receive that promise in your life means you have to understand that it belongs to you. And you can't do that if you don't feed on it out of the Word of God. So you have a right, but you have a responsibility. God can't just reach down and do something for you that you're not even cognizant of, that you're not even aware of, that you're not even convinced of. And let me tell you, the devil is a very good liar. And he will convince you of things that are not so. And if you don't know what the word says about that, you will not take hold with God on that. You won't. You won't. You know, Brother Wally, I remember him saying one time he had a low tolerance for for sickness. You know, we ought to have a low tolerance for anything the enemy tries to bring into our lives. A low tolerance. But yet we too often are willing to put up with things. And, And we don't need to put up with things. There's no reason to put up with something that God has said you don't have to put up with. I'm thinking here of a song Keith Moore wrote. Uh... Let's see. Did somebody help me? Don't have to be sick no more. Don't have to be poor no more. He that the son is set free is free indeed. That was it. Don't have to be sick no more. Don't have to be poor no more. I don't. I don't have to. 
But the enemy will try to convince you that you do. And so, you know, you just understand that you have rights, you have responsibilities. If you don't get into this, you're not doing your part. You know, I'm reminded of, of what it says over in Matthew eleven thirty when Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who, are la- who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And yet we look at the word yoke and we think of some, something, something bad, you know, like, oh, it's a yoke or something, oh, heavy, you know, something that's, that's keeping us, you know, bound. It's not. When he was talking about yoke, that, that yoke was something where two oxen were yoked together and to do the job that needed to be done. See, he, what he wants us to do is just, just join ourselves to him and let's get the work done. And then you go over to Romans 8, and it talks about how the Spirit helps us. Well, it said that means to take hold together with against. See, the, the Spirit of God wants to take hold together with us. He's not going to do it for us. He wants to take hold together with us. There's a partnership here going on. In every aspect of our lives, there's a partnership. And God's got his part. And we've got our part. And so, and so you know, I, I, just, I was looking at this, and, and I just, there are times when you try to tell people, you know, God's started good work in you. He'll, he'll, he'll take care of it. But you need to also understand that you've got that part to play. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, this verse, and I know it so well. We just, we, we love it. And when God said, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. He's got plans, but to bring those plans into reality, we have to do our part on this. Ephesians 1, 4 says he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You know, when God saw you down through time, before you were conceived, before you became a person, you know, in the womb, way back there, God already had a plan in motion. He had a plan in mind for you. He had, he had something that was so good and so magnificent established for your life. And, and all we have to do is just be in partnership with him to see it walked out. You know, first thing is you have to bring your will in line with his will. You know, you can't do it your way. And expect God's blessings on that. He's not obligated to bless you unless you're doing it his way. But when you are doing it his way, he is obligated. Listen, obligated to fulfill what he said about you. To fulfill the plan that he has set in motion for your life. He's obligated to do that. And, and there are times, you know, when I, I can honestly say my will has not been in line with God's will. There's been too often, too many times, I would say, that my will has not been in line with God's will. And all it does is can produce confusion and chaos and make a big mess out of things. So many times I hear people say, well, you know, God just didn't do this or God just didn't do that. And I'm thinking, that's not true. God's doing everything God is able to do, in, you know, with your cooperation. But if you're not cooperating with him and you're not following his plan, he can't do what you want him to do. You have left his hands tied. He can get you out of situations. 
He can turn things around. He can move in your behalf. He can, he can do anything and everything, but not if you're standing in the way. Get out of his way. I mean, it took a long time for me to understand, you know, that I could just follow God's plan and it was going to be okay. Years, years I spent saying I didn't want to marry a preacher. Years I said I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do the other. And yet God persevered, you know, and he finally got my, got my attention. And I finally one day said, okay. And I'm a whole lot better for it today than ever. You will find out that God has got things for you that you don't think you want, that you really do want. You have to trust him enough that when he is leading you to do something that doesn't quite fit in with your preferences, that it's for your benefit and it's for your good. There is, there is nothing God's got in mind for you that's not good. Everything he's got is, is so much more extravagant than you and I could even possibly imagine. He wants to bless you so far above and beyond what you can even think of. I'm with Steve. You know, I, we, we were just, we just this week, in fact, just last night, you know, just talking about, we were back, on our way back home from Jacksonville last night, and, and uh, we were just talking about how blessed we are and how God has been so good to us. But it takes getting our will in line with his will. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 talks about being willing and obedient. You can be obedient but not willing. It won't get you what you need. You can be willing and not obedient, and it won't get you what you need. You have to be both. And, and it's, it's always best to do it with joy and gladness. That's how you know you're doing it willingly, is there's a joy involved in it. At, uh, you know, I can't always say that. I mean, even when we were out at Rama, and Pastor would say things were just, I mean, the, the cupboards were bare. There was no money in the bank. You didn't know, you know, what in the world was going to come next. And he would say, isn't this fun? And I'd say, it's interesting. So, you know, I, I finally, you know, got rid of that, it's interesting. That, that phrase, it's interesting, means I was full of doubt and unbelief. That's what that meant. You know, just be honest about it. It's, that was all it meant. It, it meant that I was not in sync with what God was doing. You know, it's interesting. You know, that sounds cute. That's not cute. See, God doesn't think that's cute. It might get a laugh, but it's not cute. You know, if you're going to do what God wants you to do, if you're going to experience what God wants you to experience, if you're going to go where God wants you to go, if you're going to have what God wants you to have, if you're going to be all that God wants you to be, you're going to have to be willing and obedient and get your will in line with his will. Well, how can you do that? Well, Philippians 2.13. You're close by. Let's take a look at it. For it is God which works in you to both will and to do of his good pleasure. Many is the time I've had to take this verse when my will wasn't lining up with his will and I knew it needed to. And I could go back to his and I say, God, you're at work in me. 
you're at work in me, changing, helping me to change my will, to, to, to want to do what you want me to do. You're at work in me. You're helping me. See, you know, sometimes it's a faith project just to get your will where it's supposed to be. Here's a great verse for you to use for that faith project. It's God who's working in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah, but I don't want to. You know, that's the most honest answer anybody can ever give me. Just tell me you don't want to. Don't give me all, don't give me all the excuses. Don't give me all the, you know, justifications. Just say, I don't want to. I'm thrilled to hear that. Why? Because now I know where you're coming from. And, and you've recognized where you're coming from. Sometimes people don't want to admit that the problem is they just don't want to. But until you're ready to admit you just don't want to, then God can't work with you. When you say, I just don't want to, but I really want to change that. Go to Philippians. It's God that's at work in me. He's working in me, changing my desires, changing my will, so that I can actually do what he desires for me to do. Um, The Amplified of that says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. Listen to this. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Oh, you know, sometimes you just need to get, you know, the Amplified out, you know, when it's something like that, that just expounds on it so much. Let's read that again. Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while, he's always at work, all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Do you know God delights to see you? in the place you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing with joy and gladness. He delights in that. It brings great joy to his heart. You know, but we, you know, we just have this little thing that, you know, well, you know, what if it doesn't fit my preference? What if it doesn't fit my personality? What if it doesn't fit this? Well, whatever it doesn't fit can change. It can change. Your personality can change. I'm a high-functioning introvert is what I am. Your personality can change. Don't ever tell me, I'm too shy to do that. I'm too this to do that. Don't ever say that. No. Whatever it is about you that, that you think doesn't fit that category that God's trying to lead you into can change, should change. You want to see it change. Because you'll never be the effective person that you need to be for the kingdom of God until those things change. You will all, if you're an introvert, you'll always be introverted. But that doesn't mean you don't have the ability to still operate in the plan of God in spite of the personality you have. See, God gave you the personality you have. He didn't intend for it to limit you in what you do for the kingdom of God. 
So you don't let it limit you for what you can do for the kingdom of God. Just take a big gulp and go for it. I've had many a big gulps in the last years. You know, and you just, you just go for it. And you'll find it's not, it's not comfortable sometimes. It's a little scary sometimes. It's, it's, it's like, ugh, you know, terrifying sometimes. But I'm telling you what, when you just step out in faith... And do what God's asking you to do. You'll find you have a sure footing underneath you. And he will see you through. And you will actually go, wow, that was fun. That was great. Let's do it again. You ever had a kid who wanted to jump off the side of the pool into the water and they wouldn't do it? And you're just begging them, come on, come on, come on. I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you. And they just won't do it and won't do it. And finally, when you get them to jump off into your arms in the pool, they go, let's do it again. Let's do it again. See, that's the way God is. You know, just just trust him. He's there to catch you, no matter what it is. He's there to put you over, no matter what it is. So just don't think that your preferences are anything that should hinder you. They're not. You, they're not going to hinder you if you don't allow them to hinder you. And we will be happy with the choices God has made for us. I promise you that. You know, there's a... Uh, there's, there's just little things in life that when it comes to, to our will lining up with his will, that we need to always make sure that we're in line. And that, that is like driving a car. You know, you're going down the road. You don't just get behind the wheel and, just, and, and you hold the wheel like this, even if it's a straight road. You don't just hold the wheel like this for the entire journey. You know, there are little adjustments that you make every single Step down there. You ever, you ever watched how, how often there's just, just a little tiny adjustment as you're driving? Listen, when you're going and with the things of God, you're going down this path. God's got you on a plan. He's got, he's got it laid out for you. There will always be times where you need to make little subtle adjustments in attitude, in will, in obedience, in vision, in desire. Just little adjustments all the time that you're going to be making. You know, and you really need to stop ever so often. Just like when you're driving on a long trip. You know, okay, I'm going up 90, up 75. I'm going all the way to Atlanta. But you know what? I do check the road signs ever so often. You know, to make sure I'm still going the right direction. And I'm looking to see how much further I have to go. And what I'm passing along the way. You know. Just, you need to stop and just, just, just verify at intervals in your life that I am where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. His work can't be complete in me unless I'm checking up all the time to make sure I'm still lining up with the plan. I'm still lining up with his will. I'm still lining up with, with the direction he's got me headed. You, ha- you have to do that. Now, we've all got flesh. Anybody didn't know that? And because we all have flesh, we all have flesh issues. Well, I have known of people who called, you know, certain things issues, and they were just sin. So if that's what it is, you need to deal with that. But we all have issues. You know, I am very happy to announce that I have flesh and I have issues that have to be worked on. I'm just as human as anybody else. But I love the fact that the Apostle Paul himself did too. He said over in Romans 7, verse 19, he says, For the good that I would, I do not. 
But the evil which I would not, that I do. The Amplified of that says, For I fail to practice the good deeds I desire to do, but the evil deeds that I do not desire to do are what I am ever doing. The Montgomery says, The evil which I do not intend to do, that I am ever practicing. <sighs> Sometimes it can feel like you're trying to get a plane out of a nosedive. But I'm telling you what, God can help you with those things. You know, and the way to answer the flesh issues is basically to renew your mind. Go with me to Romans. You're not too far away. This is something that every believer needs to be just steeped in every single day. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we're going to deal with our flesh, we have to renew our minds every single day. That's the only way, that's the only way you're going to overcome it. You can't, you can't do a 10-step program or whatever they want to call it these days. You have to renew it with the Word of God. You know, I know there's a lot of us, you know, that have a great deal of willpower. Okay, I can do this. I can do this. You know, and for me, it lasts until somebody puts a piece of cheesecake in front of me. Whew. I was determined last night, we were, we were at dinner last night with a bunch of old friends over in Jacksonville, and, and I was determined I was going to be really good, and then they set these little onion straws down, and I'm going, just one, just one or two. You know, well, it didn't last long. I regretted it after it was over. But, you know, these are just flesh issues. It may be something minor, maybe something major, you know, but you have to renew your mind, and your willpower alone will not save the day. It's got to be a renewing of the mind. It has to be. That is the only thing that will put you over. I remember years ago, people, uh, this lady came to us and she wanted us to have this like a, start this like this little support group for people to come, you know, and, and, and everybody you know, had these, these, these particular issues to be able to get together and, you know, you know, encourage one another. And I said, will never work. That kind of thing never works. It's only the word of God that works. It's only the word of God that is a long-term help to you. You can make some short-term, you know, strides in those areas, but long-term help is only going to come from the word of God. And it's, it's, it's useless. And it gives people false hope, you know, that, that this will solve my problems. Just getting together and have, have this support group. and We talk about it, you know, I talk it out and I, I do this and I do it. No, it's only the word of God that's going to change you enough to deal with those things. And I don't want to give anybody some, some, some false hope. You know, and, but then again, you know, the next thing here is, is failure is something the enemy is always going to throw at you. You know, when, when you realize that God's got a plan, God's got a good work that he wants to complete in you, but he's never going to be able to do it because I am just such a failure. I am worthless. There's just, there's, it's, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. I know God wants more for me, but I, I just can't, I just can't, I can't get there. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and the enemy will, will tell you that you are worth nothing because you have failed so many times. Listen, God's got 
Lots of opportunities. He's the God of the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. You know, right on down. He's never tired of giving you another opportunity. Never. And he thinks you're valuable. I got a piece of trash up here. And you just throw it on the ground and, and people, you know, walk by it and they just think, trash. That's all that is. It's just trash. And nobody pays a bit of attention to it. But... God never looks at you as trash. He says you've got value. And he'll pick you up, and he'll start unfolding the things that he's put on the inside of you. And he'll start revealing some things to you. He'll start exposing, bringing some things to the light of day. And he will take it, and he will tell, let you see that you have value. This is a $20 bill. This $20 bill is all crumbled. It's torn. It looks terrible. But there's value here. God sees the value in this. And no matter how damaged it looks, no matter how torn it looks, no matter how dirty it looks, if you take it into a bank, they will exchange it for a brand new one. That's what God has done for you. No matter how broken, no matter how dirty, no matter how torn, he exchanged that for something brand new when he gave you new life in Jesus Christ. He says you have value. It doesn't matter how often you fail. It doesn't matter how often you miss the mark. It doesn't matter how often, you know, things go wrong. It doesn't matter how, how often you just say, I don't want to. God's still got a work that he intends to accomplish in you because you have value. He sees the value in you when you don't. That's why he said, I've got to work. And that he who started it, that's, that's he's going, that's me, is willing to complete it. He's anxious to complete it. He just needs your cooperation. And stop saying that you're worthless. Stop saying you're a failure. Stop saying that you can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why he gave you the word, to renew your mind to the fact you can do all things. That it's him who's at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's why he's put those verses there. Now, now, honestly, failure sometimes can be unintentional, and sometimes it can be out-and-out out rebellion. Well, if it's unintentional, God knows that. He can, he can send somebody to you to just, to just help you get you know, back on track. And if you're in rebellion, that's something only you can deal with. Only you. And until you do that, everything stops. Everything stops. Romans says there's now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. First John says that he's faithful and just. Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can go on. But there, there's a time and a place for us to just get honest. Was that intentional? Was it not intentional? Am I in rebellion? You know, I just... I, I, I marvel sometimes, you know, at people who want to be so spiritual... And they, want, they don't want to go to church. And they don't want to have a pastor. And they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. And, but they want to, they want to be Mr. Spiritual to everybody else. And I'm going, hey, working, son. 
You can't even do what, what, what you know. To, you're in rebellion against what God has told you to do. It's amazing how often we run into people who, who want to tell us that I can be a good Christian and not go to church. No, you can't. Because God set you in the church. He puts you in the body of Christ. And he intends for you to be experiencing his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his, his blessings, his, his abundance. He expects you to be in a local church to experience it firsthand what the corporate anointing will bring into your life. The, the things that can happen in a church service that only can, only can happen in a church service. Maybe it doesn't happen in every church, but, it, 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 you know, you need to find a church that you can find it in. He wants you to experience something. You can't do it outside the local church. Don't try to pass yourself off as some highly spiritual person when you are in open rebellion to the things that God has told you to do. And so failure sometimes is just because we're in rebellion. Yeah, when we don't see the things of God happening in our lives like we want to, it's just out of pure old rebellion. God's not obligated. I said it before. I'll say it again. He is not obligated to pursue us and to, and to bless us when we're in open rebellion. He's, he's not obligated to do that. But if you, if you found yourself in a place of failure, it's not over. The human body is a prime example of the fact when there is failure in certain parts of that body, the body can compensate for it by getting around it another way. When I was in x-ray school years and years ago, decades ago, uh, you know, I got, to, I got to, to, to rotate through a lot of different things that you use x-ray for. Angiograms, especially of the brain, you know, you know I was in, you know, got to go in those studies and, and, and watch those tests. And, stuff. and it was amazing sometimes that when a, an artery or a, a blood vessel in the brain would get, a, get plaque or something, in, the body would start enlarging the little tiny vessels around that to compensate for what this vessel couldn't do anymore. See, God's always got a way to get around your failure. You may have taken a detour, but the Holy Ghost GPS can get you back on track. He knows how to get you around whatever that problem was, whatever that, that, that roadblock was. He knows how to get around it and bring you back to where you were supposed to be to start with. I mean, let's look at, let's face it, in the Old Testament, you have lots of people who failed. I mean, you know, you, you got Abraham, you got Samson, you've got David, you've got Jonah, you know, Peter in the New Testament. He walked on the water and then he sank. And sometimes that's all we remember is he sank, he failed. Well, look, seems to me that he walked on the water before he looked at the waves, but he walked on the water after he looked on the waves. Failure didn't keep him down. Jesus reached, just reached down to him and said, come walk with me, Peter. Took him by the hand and only went. Whatever your problem is, if you've sunk in any area, just know that when Jesus says, come, he's ready to take you by the hand and, walk, and you can walk on the water with him again. Amen. Um, let me just kind of go through here. You know, when it, when it comes to God at work in you, there are times we just need to learn some patience. There are, there are things that he's, at, he's doing for us. He's at work in us. He's working on our behalf. We don't see it necessarily, but he's at work. Be patient. James says, let patience have her perfect work. When we get out ahead of God, the perfect work can't be done. But when you're patient with the things that God is at work in your life with, then 
Perfection comes with that. Don't you want perfection? Don't get antsy. Just wait and let God make sure that it happens. Let him take you to the place that you're going to be in. If it takes one year, if it takes two years, whatever. Paul himself, you know, was a tent maker for what was it, 16 years after that road to Damascus experience. That's patience. And yet he waited. I'm sure God was talking to him and doing things in him that entire 16 years. You know, he was working and getting him ready for what he was going to step into. I mean, that was time well spent. Listen, if it doesn't seem like it's happening fast enough, if the work that God's doing in your life doesn't seem like it's happening fast enough, listen, it's a time for learning. It's a time for growing. It's a time to getting firmly established in some things. It's not wasted time. Make it profitable time while you're waiting. Um, yeah, let's see. Whatever speed God is moving in, you know, you may not understand it, but just know that it's, it's, it's his timing. It's good. I, I remember a song. I, you know, there's not many people left around here that, that maybe Kendra can help me. Do you remember this little children's program that we did years ago when Lance and Janice were here? Uh, uh, what was that? Um, uh, anyway, there was a song in it, and it was goes. It went kind of like this: "I am a promise, I am a possibility, I am a promise with a capital P. I'm a great big bundle of potentiality." What was that? Do you remember it? Janice put that program on. It was great. Uh, who? I am a promise. I am a possibility. Yeah. Listen, God always looks at you as a promise. You are a promise. And the potential is in you to accomplish everything he intends for you to accomplish. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget. God sees you in a way that you may not see yourself. You need to understand that he's investing in people that he sees potential in. He won't give up on you. Don't you give up on him. There is nothing this world has to offer that can compare with what he has in store for you. He wants to complete the work that he started. That's his intention. That is his goal. That is, that is what he is striving toward. And you need to always understand, God sees more in you than you can see in yourself. Sometimes I want to, I want to take people aside and, and, you know, who are struggling with some things or, or just, you know, just backslidden. And I want to say, do you honestly understand that you have so much on the inside of you that the enemy is lying to you about that you are throwing away right now? You're throwing it away because of a lie that you've been sold, a bill of goods that you've been sold. Don't fall for it. Just know that God himself has got so much for you that he wants in your life. 
then potential becomes reality when we get in sync with what God is doing in us, what he wants to do in us. You'll never see the reality until you're willing to do that, until you're willing to walk with God. You know, we were singing that song tonight, Jesus, you're everything to me. And see, to me, I, I think sometimes that that is, in fact, as I know, the reason some people struggle so hard with following the plan of God and letting him have his perfect work in, in them is that Jesus isn't everything to them at, the, at that point in time. But he can be. You can make a decision, you know, to change that. You can make a decision just to get, to get to a place where, where you're just totally in line with him and that your whole being is flooded with the life of God, that you're, that you're seeking him about, about things. You're always checking up on your heart. Lord, is this what you want? Is this the direction I need to go? You know, there are times when, when God wants to help you and, and he wants you to consult him. Now, to consult him means a couple of different things. It means staying in the word. That's consulting God. It means keeping your heart right toward others. That's consulting God. Sometimes it's meaning it means listening to wise counsel. It, doesn't, it does no good for you to go get counsel or somebody recognize it as wise and not follow it. God can't help you when you don't do that. But he is wanting You are chosen. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are somebody that he has called. He's called every single one of us for something. I I was just talking to a lady yesterday or last night, and there was was this, this older lady who just unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord last week, was a good friend to my mother, and God had assigned her at this point in her life, an, an older lady, uh, that her job was to stay in contact with three different widows. And she was faithful to call those ladies every single day. My mother being one of them. And, and I, I, I marveled at the plan God had for her. It didn't matter that she was in her golden years. It didn't matter that she was on up in age. God still had a work for her to do. And his work, I believe, was completed in her. He took her, and he was confident that he who had begun a good work in her, he had completed it. And when she arrived in heaven, he could say, well done, good and faithful servant. How tragic it will be if we ever get there. And God said, I wanted to do so much more. I'm glad you're here, but I wanted to do so much more in you while you were there. But let me just go back and read it. I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Let the words sink deep into you and be ready to go with what God has for you and see him complete in you 
everything that he wants to complete. And I'm telling you, you'll be a very happy believer. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.